Welcome, dear listeners, to the fourth episode of the Didomi podcast. Myself, Wissam Al-Salibi, and my colleague, Mikhail Musner, we are currently in Geneva. We work with the Geneva Liaison Office of the World Evangelical Alliance, and we are very happy to have with us here, joining us from Lahore, Pakistan, Yeshua Ezra. Yeshua is a lawyer and partner at Ezra Law Associates and he is currently pursuing a master's degree program in human rights and he is also the executive secretary of the Presbyterian Peace and Justice Commission of Pakistan. Michael and myself worked with Yashur. Yashur provided us with information for reporting that we wrote on the situation of girls that are abducted and facing forced religious conversion and forced marriages in Pakistan. Girls that are underage and we worked on these cases that we submitted in a report to the Human Rights Council and because Yeshua and Ezra Law Associates, where Yeshua works, provided us with the first-hand accounts of the cases that they are facing. Yeshua, we are very happy that you are with us here and we look forward now to have a conversation with you on the challenges, the human rights challenges, the religious freedom challenges, and the challenges that Christians face in general in Pakistan. Thank you so much, Wissam uh, and uh, Michael. I'm really grateful that you guys are doing a tremendous job and spreading the message uh, as much as possible in your capacity. Uh, there are a lot of issues, you know, which we address commonly in Pakistan, and the, we have been able to submit a report to the United Nations Human Rights Council, as Hissam already mentioned, the cases we were doing in Pakistan. The basic question we raised in that was Article 20 of the Islamic Republic of Pakistan's constitution. It says that like anyone, any minor who is under the age of 18 the religion should be the same as the religion of the parents. I really precise it that the religion should be the same of a minor and that provides provided the right by article 20. So when we when we file a case or when we when we receive uh, a case which is particularly about a minor who has been marriage who has been married or has been converted to islam the first question we raise is article 20 that is you know she cannot be even converted and secondly we talk about the child marriage restraint act which clearly tells that you know a person can get married under the age of 18 a boy and under 16 a girl but even on that point our voices are not being heard properly. The judges, they refused. They say, like, you know, the girl is now a Muslim, and she, there's in, 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 in the Muslim uh, laws, there is a term called sui judas. That says, like, if a girl, like, she is, she is grown up uh, physically, and, you know, her, um, her cycle is started, so she's a mature person regardless of the age. So this is one of the main problems, you know, we face. 
that Article 20 is not being implemented, and even uh, the judges they supersede their uh, they supersede the Child Marriage Restraint Act, which clearly tells like no marriage. But still, um, as they are converted to Islam, the marriage is considered as a uh, as a marriage. Rather, the judges they declare it null and void. Yeshua, how many cases currently are you facing? I mean, yourself as a law firm, how many cases are you handling? And generally speaking, in Pakistani society, how prevalent is this phenomenon? I also read that it's not just for Christians, but also for minor other minorities, such as Hindu minorities, they're facing the same problem. And uh, what are the avenues for you to challenge these, uh, these uh, court decisions that are unjust and seemingly a violation of Pakistani laws and constitutions? Currently, we are dealing with too many cases. Like alone in December, we received like three requests. Uh, sadly, I would like to share that there was a girl, her name is Shiza. She is 18 years of old girl. Uh, she was forcefully abducted raped, married, and converted to Islam. And we took the case to the uh, Lahore, Haiko Lahore, and the first date of hearing was on 18th December. We put our argument, and if, although she was a female judge, we, 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 we said that, that, why don't you even listen to the testimony of the girl? She was like, there is no need of the testimony. She is... Uh, you know, she has already converted to Islam and, 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 and has accepted Islam. So there is no other question. We were like, you know what, okay. So uh, as you remember, like I, I talked about rape. All right. So we, I was like, you know, our counsel was like, you know, all right. So uh, if she has converted to Islam, she has converted to Islam for a, a boy. What about the other three guys who committed, who, who, who sexually abused her? And the judge was like speechless. She didn't even heard the testimony of the girl. Again, on 30th December, we have filed another petition. And again, the same response. Our, our, our petitions were even disposed of. So, you know, like this is one of the uh, great disturbance uh, we, we face. That, um, you know, like even without even we are heard, our cases are, are disposed of. And the last date we had was with the intra-court appeal. We, it, it's called IC in Pakistan. It's with the Lahore High Court Lahore. <coughs> we again filed the petition to, uh, to have a review on the, on the previous uh, judgment, which was passed on 30th December 2020. Again, the intra-court appeal, you know, they again disposed of. They were like, you know, this case is like, you know, there is no case. And we were like, you know, at least like listen to the testimony of the girl. What has happened to her? What, what challenges she has faced? Similarly, we, we have another case of Sanam. If we talk about Mukhtar Masih's daughter, and they're like, uh, we have another case of Waris Masih's daughter, and we have another case of Mehek. That is the stepfather, he raped that girl, and even she conceived, and now she has a baby girl. Mehek uh, requested us for legal assistance and we are providing her the legal assistance. She has a huge danger to her life. 
her father like the stepfather he's like you know oh she's also the mother is also my wife and this daughter my stepdaughter is also my wife now because she has converted to islam so basically in all these tragic cases the main issue which is that the the certificates they provide they are for they are forged they are fake and they have no legal value but still the judges they don't even scrutinize their documents they don't even say that you know why don't you look at the documents whether they are true or they are they are fake so this is another challenge you know we face so currently we have over like uh, seven cases which we are dealing and we are providing free legal assistance to the families and you know we, we are trying our best to to support the the victims importantly and their families when you say about certificate you talk about the conversion certificate or the marriage certificate or both both the marriage certificate or the conversion certificate they both are fabricated and this is 100% true they are they are 100% forged because no, no reasonable even like you know the muslim mullahs they don't even want to take a risk to even sign on that document but nobody does any scrutiny on those documents even though we we request for the scrutiny they're like why don't you file another petition for that and that takes us like for uh, like months and we are not even sure what is happening to the girl this is the most important thing the reason we filed these kind of petitions in the court just to see the girl whether the girl is uh, healthy the girl is not having any issues or something we we file a, a habeas petition in in the courts to just foresee and mentally satisfy us that whether the girl is in is in deep trouble and sometimes you know without even calling the girl the the judges they don't even listen they 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 have their, they use their discretion that this is not a valid case this is this should be disposed of because when it comes to the uh, question of about conversion our cases are not heard that's it yeah sure now there have been some cases in recent months that had a better outcome some cases where the judges decided favorably or initially they ruled against your efforts and then later they had to um they had to rule in favor of the girl and i believe there was some international pressure or some media uproar that led to the the, the change in the decision of the judges my question to you is what can we do to help you what is needed to to help protect these girls what is needed to help uh, the the judiciary and the authorities in pakistan to respect their own laws in addition to the human rights uh, of the girls that we are talking about that's a really good question actually and that me that that makes a lot of sense like you know if there's a problem what is the what is the best solution currently like you know what we need to do is that um as a christian our first belief should be in in the christ jesus that's it we should believe in christ and our congregation we need to look at a congregation first because uh, i i remember the quote of mother teresa she says like uh, she quoted charity begins at home right we need to train our children there are not no proper sunday schools we need to look after that we should uh, we should prepare a curriculum 
in which we could we could plan for like uh, 2050 agenda that this we should do that suppose make a curriculum we should visit churches or in seminars or in conferences rather uh, rather being a victim why don't we start to strengthen our own house our own house i mean like the christian community in pakistan and this is only could be done when we have a set curriculum we could teach our girls that what is important in our life what how we should run our our home and what is the importance of christianity i still believe that you know in, in back in like 1918 my great grandfather pastor uh, fatejan he was the one who brought presbyterian church in 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 in, in my village and since like you know that we are working as a, as a as a member of a community to strengthen our community you will you would see like you know we are christians for over 100 years and this is why we have a vision to support our christian brothers and sisters we need to first educate and uh, our our own selves and secondly about the international pressure what we are planning and we we would recommend you to be part of our team that we're going to collect all these cases whether it's about Mehek, whether it's about Shiza, whether it's about Sanam, whether it's uh, Mukhtar Masih's daughter, whether it's about Waris Masih's daughter, we have to collect all the cases to the International Court of Justice. This is our plan. We will take there. And the reason we are fighting from the lower courts to the higher courts, to the local police, to the higher police, to the local politicians, to the higher politicians is, is solely for the fact that we need to fulfill one clause. That is whether you have done enough in your in your country before taking the case to the International Court of Justice. For that, we need the reports from Human Rights Council. We need we need to send reports. We need to send uh, statements to the European Union Council and to the other platforms to collect as much information, as much data, as much pretending information that we have done everything to support our cause. But still, we are not heard. We need to be heard. We need protection. We need life. We need security. We need our constitutional uh, uh, rights to be to be fulfilled. We we should be treated as equal citizens. We should be treated as uh, a religious minority in Pakistan. Otherwise, we have no other option. Instead, we should say goodbye to Pakistan, as many Christians have already done. They have they have applied for asylum in in uh, in U.S. In Europe, in in Asia, in uh, in Asia, we talk about Thailand. There are too, too many families who have took refuge in other countries just for the sake to have a better life. From from what I hear you say, uh, there's also many other challenges besides uh, uh, child marriage for religious minorities. I, I I I'm under the impression that you say that you have the feeling that religious minorities are second class citizens, maybe, and that. Uh, uh, they are facing many challenges. What what kind of other challenges are religious minorities, so Christians and other minorities, facing in Pakistan? There are many troubles. Like lately, we face like uh, if if you are if you apply for a job, that is really discriminated. That's a huge discrimination. I was reading uh, uh, recently. I was reading an ad on an uh, on a newspaper. And it was written that you know it's a it's a janitor job janitor's job janitor or sweeper that's that is considered as a third class job in pakistan maybe third or fourth or fifth 
and it was written in the bracket only Christians should apply and that is discrimination and secondly you know there are blasphemy laws indeed that that's one of a case which has been uh, you know recently highlighted about a Christian nurse and she was she was be severely beaten her name is Tabitha uh, she's a gospel singer and a registered nurse she was even targeted by the extremists and she has to run away from her own town and similarly you know but still there are some fault of us as well because uh, sometimes you know these these issues uh, I would say like you know before submitting it to the social media before submitting it to the international media what we need to do we need to negotiate the matter I, I'm really proud that on 24th night there was a case in Narawal and three boys were um, were charged and or accused with uh, blasphemy law, committing blasphemy by burning the pages of a Muslim's holy book, Quran. What we did, we negotiated the matter. We spoke with the local clerics. We spoke with the local Christian pastors. We were like, you know, why don't you talk and settle this issue? And you know what? We succeeded in two weeks. And you know, um, this is I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of it because there is no damage to the village. There is no damage to the to the families. Uh, alone, a boy was beat, severely beaten by the police, but still, the other two boys were saved. The first process we need to go through is through negotiation. Involve the Muslims, like the the you know the one who are involved in peace and harmony, who are involved, uh, most importantly, the local Muslim, because local Muslim cleric, that is really important. So uh, negotiation, I would say, is, is the better solution. And uh, you should really involve. So I would, uh, the, this is my recommendation, that blasphemy law issue, if it happens, this is the request that please do not highlight the name on the media. It's dangerous for the families. It's dangerous for the Christians as well in Pakistan. Yeshua, I'm, I'm grateful for highlighting in your answers the role of us, the church, and the role of the local church, both when you mentioned, when we asked you about what is the answer for the, the, the response to the problem of underage girls kidnapped, converted, and married by force and you, you said that it's first the church ha has to be the, on the front line for the answer and now on the cases of blasphemy also the local church has a role to play to reach out and to mediate so i'm, I'm really grateful for for uh, sharing about uh, you know this this perspective from pakistan we need to hear that thank you mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's very encouraging also to hear that they are de-escalation strategies in certain blasphemy cases that that are effective so thanks a lot for being engaged in that and letting us know about that uh, in in some cases unfortunately there is a, an escalation and and those are the cases that uh, the world hears about and one of the most famous one is is the uh, asia bb case and I, I wanted to ask you when when such an escalation happens um is mediatization at some point helpful um, to to bring attention to freedom of religion or belief or to a certain case in Pakistan? 
Um, is it something that uh, is supporting your work or, or can it also backlash? How, how do you evaluate that uh, media attention on, on specific cases when, once the case has escalated already beyond uh, preventive uh, de-escalation measures at local level? Thank you so much for bringing this, this question. This is really highly important as what is the role of the international community and what is the role of the local community? And what is the important aspect? Like, you know, what are the backlashes if, if it happens? Like, what, what Christians they, they face in Pakistan? So, like, uh, back in, like, when we say, like, you know, talk about Asia Bibi, you know, because of Asia Bibi, two great leaders, they were assassinated. One was a Muslim leader, Mr. Seb Salman Tasir. He was the governor of the Punjab, a sitting governor of the Punjab. He was assassinated by his own guard. And that was due to the media hike, because sometimes, you know, media, they, they, they always, uh, sometimes not like on many occasions, like only negative agendas are being promoted rather than the positive ones. Secondly, uh, Mr. Shabazz Bari, like he was assassinated because of the own, of the same issue. When I, I, I have some, I do not, I do not have any personal grudge with Asya Bibi or anybody who is involved in this case, but she should know that, you know, because of those two martyrs, she has been free right now and she is not in her own country. The recent interviews she has been giving, those are not, uh, those are very discouraging, actually. The recent statements she is giving, those are really discouraging, for, not for the, uh, for herself, but for the Christian community and for the souls of the people who were murdered because of, to save her soul. I would say that media is is one of a good platform to raise an issue but i would also say that you know like church should be really involved like as Wissam has mentioned about the local church role now i have been promoted to executive director of the presbyterian peace and justice commission we have used church to do the peaceful negotiation i have a team of over 400 presbyterian pastors 400,000 christians they are member of my church they are they are member of Presbyterian Church of Pakistan. We have over like 400 buildings where we conduct where we do regular Christian church services. And I'm thankful to the moderator of the Presbyterian Church of Pakistan, Reverend Majid Ebal, who supported me that we succeeded to have a positive outcome. Local church has a uh, has a huge uh, responsibility not only to Christian but to the other communities as well. As the message of Jesus is to spread love. This is what we are doing. And we should engage in positive and peaceful negotiation rather uh, uh, pointing any, any, anything on anyone else because we have to save our society. And as for the media is concerned, I, uh, since like 30 years, I would probably say that my father is running this legal assistance aid, uh, advocacy, negotiation and settlement program since the past like 30 years and we are proud to say that we don't even care about money what we care is about families thank you yeshua and we are grateful for our partnership and working together as a church as a voice for the church in support of justice in support of human rights and to uphold the image of god in every human being thank you yeshua I have a last question. Our time is almost over. I have a last question. We spoke a lot about the difficulties, the challenges that Christians and other minorities are facing in Pakistan. But what about the stories of hope? 
What about the church uh, reaching out and being a source of hope? What are the positive stories and encouraging stories that you can share with us from Pakistan? Christian missionaries have built a lot in Pakistan. They, that Before it was like India, a subcontinent, but Christian missionaries have worked in Pakistan a lot. Even until today, the railway system is has been constructed and built by the, the Christians in Pakistan. If we talk about educational institutes, the best institutes are Christian institutes in Pakistan. And the best elite, they study from the Christian institutes of Pakistan. Education is really important. And to educate not only the Muslims or any other, but we are talking about educating everyone in Pakistan is really important. Education is the key to everything. This is why I would I would proudly say that as being the executive director of Presbyterian Peace and Justice Commission of Pakistan, God has gave me a vision. God has provided me a source. God has provided me a platform that we are going to construct, build a Christian law school in Pakistan. And the resolution has been passed by the Board of Governors, the Presbyterian Church of Pakistan, and also by the Peace and Justice Commission of Pakistan. Mm. We are going to build uh, our own law school. We have other education institutes, but we lack a law school. Recently, I, I had the honor to speak to different pastors. And there I said that, you know, I requested the pastors that please, please start to give Sunday sermons uh, from the book of Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. It's about family. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, how we should train our family. Biblically, we have to learn a lot. And only pastors are the one who can reform the better society. And lawyers should be uh, the one who should stand by the congregation to provide them justice. So uh, we are always there. We are trying our best. And we are hopeful we will overcome this issue. And as far as the local church is concerned, I would really request that you know we are we are uh, praying to have uh, scholars to help us to help Ezra Law Associates to help Presbyterian Peace and Justice Commission to prepare a curriculum for our young boys and girls that we need the support to have a curriculum which should be circulated in our churches for our young. Christian boys, young Christian girls, uh, young couples, young married couples, and our elders, so we can reform our society better. Yeshua, we are grateful for having you sharing with us on the Didomi podcast. And we will make sure to lift you up in our prayers. And we invite our listeners to also lift you up in our prayers, in their prayers so that you would be able to be um, the feet and hands in God's kingdom. Thank you so much, Yeshua, and we, we wish you all the best as you pursue your, your work with the law firm, as you pursue your education, and also as you pursue your role uh, with the Presbyterian Church in Pakistan. Thank you so much, Rizal. And now, dear listeners, we have reached the end of episode four of the Didomi podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like the episode, please make sure to leave a comment on Apple Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash didomi underscore co. 
and subscribe also to our podcast in your favorite podcasting app, app application. We look forward to having you on future episodes, listening to us and uh, interacting with us. If you have any questions or suggestions, please email us at contact at didomi.co. Thank you so much and God bless.